0: Hello everyone, this is Amorakai and welcome to another episode of Superpowers of the Soul. I'm very excited for today's show and deeply honored to be talking today with our extraordinary guest, Jeff Raisley, about how to live a meaningful life. And you know, I feel like it is an especially important topic right now as so many of us are, are really grappling with very big events and all the big questions that naturally come along with them. And so, you know, how do we make sense of it all? How do we call the wisdom to create meaningful lives, no matter what may be going on around us, and no matter what stage of life we may find ourselves in these days? That's why I'm so thrilled to welcome Jeff back to the show today to chat about his latest book, 72 Wisdoms. A guidebook that covers 72 concerns that all thinking people care about that's designed to enhance your spiritual, psychological, and philosophical health and well being. Jeff is a lawyer. He's an author many times over, a director for five nonprofits. He teaches philosophy of philanthropy at Butler University is the U.S. liaison for a Himalayan expedition company called Adventure Geotrex. He's also the president of the Basa Village Foundation, which funds culturally sensitive development in Nepal, which we had the pleasure of recording a beautiful episode about uh, just a few months ago. I encourage you to go look that one up. Most recently, Jeff was also elected president of the Scientech Foundation of Indiana, dedicated to financially supporting STEM and STEAM science and art and science and technology programs. And in his latest book, the 72 wisdoms, the 72 Wisdoms are quotes which introduce particular topics of concern that are relevant to each stage of life, such as giving birth to a baby or falling in love or parenting, as well as grieving the loss of loved ones and preparing for your own death. And inside this extraordinary offering, Jeff really shares his gift as he explores each wisdom for telling such profound and thought-provoking stories while also using his personal experiences and his very humorous observations and and probing questions to really deepen our understanding of how to live a meaningful life. Jeff is an incredibly inspiring and, and such a humble being. I'm continuously astounded by his impactful work in the world, and I am truly delighted to have him here today. So Jeff, welcome back to the show
1: thank you very much for having me again amor um it's just it's great to be with you and i i think you must have been talking to my mom to have such a, a praiseworthy uh bio and description
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. I would love to meet your mom. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I'm very happy to be back here with you today and talking about how to live a meaningful life. I really do feel it's the the perfect conversation to have right now as so many people are deeply questioning the meaning of many, many things. And we're going to dive right into it all. But before we do, I'm quite sure our very lovely audience would, would love to kick this off by hearing your answer to our favorite question around here. Maybe it's changed since last time. Let's see. And that is what is your superpower of the soul that you're using for good in your life these days, Jeff?
1: Well, I would like to think that it's teaching um, okay. and specifically uh, through this book and my work on uh, philanthropic foundations and teaching um butler to the next generation um so teaching mentoring about wisdom
0: mm, what a gift indeed an absolute essential essential gift what a beautiful response thank you for that and just may i say i feel like you have the luckiest students in the whole wide world there Oh my goodness, such a wealth of wisdom to learn from through you and your way of sharing. I just adore it. It's just so accessible. It's so provoking. Anyways, I'm excited, obviously, to get deep into all the profound wisdom and inspiration that I know you have to share. So, we're going to go ahead and take our short break now. And just before we do, Jeff, where can we tell people to go find out more about you?
1: Yeah, um I have a website which is my full name jeffrey j-e-f-f-r-e-y uh, r-a-s-l-e-y so you know put the wws in front of that the <laughs> com after and then i also have an uh, and on that website there's a um, email connection so you know happy to connect directly by email with any of your listeners and i also have an author page on amazon and so if you you know, went there and just input my name or even just Googled my name, you'd, you'd find that link.
0: Mm, Beautiful. Super. Thank you so much. We'll be sure to put those links up on the show page for everyone too. All right. You are listening to superpowers of the soul here on the superpower network. And we will be right back to get deep into how to live a meaningful life with Jeff Raisley in just a moment. Stay with us. Hi everyone, I'm Tonya Don Rekla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. Are you ready to master your life? Are you looking for more calm and peace, connectedness in your relationships, more clear communication, guided thoughts, and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens? Then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. Welcome back, everyone. This is Amorakai. And if you're just tuning in, today we are talking with Jeff Raisley about how to live a meaningful life, which Jeff explores through his latest book, 72 Wisdoms. So, Jeff, oh, this book, this book, I tell you, even just being in the presence of this book, it's got this beautiful, beautiful energy to it. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and maybe what inspired you to write it?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I had noticed uh, a year ago that almost every day I would encounter some, you know, kernel of wisdom, uh, a quote, an idea, and I I started writing them down. And this is nothing I've ever done before, but I decided this would be sort of an interesting discipline to start. And so after I'd done that for, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks and I had maybe, you know, 10 quotes written down, I thought, well, you know, what would be really even more interesting is to dig into each one of these and, you know, see not only who said it, but what was the context of when it was said or written, why it was said or written, and um, what know what other wisdoms bloomed out of that. And um after I did that for a few of those, I thought, well, this would be kind of a cool book. And so mm-hmm. I just started you know, sort of having my awareness open to encountering pearls of wisdom on um, a daily basis. And not not every day did I find something that I thought would be worth putting into a book, but probably you know two, three, four times a week I did. And so I just started not only recording um, those um, what I think of as wisdoms uh, but researching them. Uh, you know like I said, trying to understand what the context was and then also really applying my own, um, thinking and experience to it to try to draw out what I thought for the reader would be um, a wisdom to pass on, you know, not just the sort of uh, objective statement of the quote, but to flesh out its underlying meaning and also how it could spread out to, you know, sprout tentacles of, you know, little minor additional wisdoms and so that's what each each chapter of the book uh 72 chapters takes one of those um wisdoms that i found and then does that through my writing
0: oh how beautiful Thank you so much for sharing your process for choosing those seventy-two wisdoms. That was definitely one of my questions: is how on earth did you choose the seventy-two? It sounds like they chose you to some extent.
1: Yeah, well, that, that's what it felt like <laughs> uh, because I, you know, I didn't have a a schema or an outline mm. of uh, how I wanted it to develop, and I just, mm. like I said, just sort of let it let it unfold and was open to see what i would encounter or what would encounter me (laughs) and uh, i I did rearrange a few of them uh for the final draft of the book but for Mm -hmm. the most part it just the, the book follows the chronology of starting um back in uh december of uh 2022 and then running through for 11 months and then the the book was completed in October.
0: Oh, wow, what a journey! I mean, as I listen to you, I'm oh, what's really present for me is you describing this very organic, creative, and I would go so far as to say co creative process, but quite literally, the process of creation and your part in it being such a willing receiver, a willing and open participant. I think that. You know, so many of us struggle a little bit with that control piece and having the end result in mind. And we're taught so much to think in a linear fashion and to reverse engineer and seek solutions and to know what we're creating. You know, it can be a a challenging space to step into sometimes. That's a beautiful example of just how to do that. Wow. Well done.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. What I was going to say is, uh, you know, uh, teaching uh, the class at Butler and some of the other classes I've taught over the years, um, I, I, I'm doing as a professor in a way sort of the opposite of how <laughs> that process, which you, yeah, you described and responded to very well, as opposed to that, you know, very linear. Um, with okay, I have an, a conclusion in mind, and so <laughs> I right, have to you know right. work uh, steps, ABCD to get to that mm. conclusion. I mean that's you know how mm. I've taught um, my students to write, um, because mm. that's sort of the standard academic approach. But so yeah, yeah, this was very different, but it was it was really delight a delightful way to <laughs> to create mm. a book.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. You know, I can imagine many of us feeling uh, kind of heartened, inspired <laughs> just just from that experience. But I especially love, you know, I mean, the philosophical questions addressed by the wisdoms in your book have such a wide range. I mean, from the most ordinary to the most extraordinary. I, just a few of them, you know, off, off the off the bat here in this book, you go from looking at Things like, you know, how can I live a meaningful life? How can I live a good life? And and when should I change the direction of my life? I mean, these are big questions. To the one I picked out, I loved is how should I handle an annoying friend? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That was fabulous. And then all the way to, you know, really deep, profound, what, what is the greatest danger to democracy, I think, is in there. And the one I loved most is there a way that a deeply divided community can depolarize. I mean, those are just a few examples of the range. Talk a little bit about that experience. That's a big range to be receiving and recognizing along the way as, as part of this book and each a wisdom and each belonging in this one scope of work
1: well I would say I have a wide range of interests um, I've always liked to think of myself as something of a, a renaissance person in the sense of not being pigeonholed into a very very narrow um, set of interests um, mm-hmm. even when I was practicing law uh, I For a while, I was with a large corporate firm, and I, I rebelled against being put into a, um, a section of the firm or a department mm-hmm. of the firm. And so I just sort of <laughs> uh, cleverly <laughs> wended my way from one department to another. And when uh, eventually I had my own law firm, we set it up like an old-fashioned general practice where we tried to do any and every sort of um, case that would come to us and not specialize. And Mm. when I was in college, my major was called General Studies in Humanities. And it was sort of a, a triple major of philosophy, religion, and political studies. But it really was whatever I wanted to, whatever I, felt, whatever course looked really interesting to me. I just call it one of those three. <laughs> so that's um, all right. Yeah.
0: So you're already well-versed in this, in this range and it came through you in this book. That's fantastic. You know, I remember uh, in one chapter, in one chapter, you talk about coincidence and mm-hmm. You say something to the effect that that in talking about coincidence, you explain it as something that maybe appears to be random, mysterious, or coincidental. Much like how this book came through you in these few times a week, but that might actually be a meaningful pattern. I'm wondering if you if you discerned any pattern in the order of the wisdoms that came to you in the way that they did.
1: Yeah, and I I can't exactly describe what the pattern is mm. but but it did feel like this was developing in a way that made sense that mm-hmm. you know one chapter would i thought lead into the next one in, in a way that wouldn't be jarring you know that it, it wouldn't oh, be like okay. okay so here's a chapter where i'm talking about the the miracle and wonder of of a of birth and the next chapter talking about grieving mm-hmm. uh you know a loved one's death that there was mm-hmm. not ex- you know not exactly a chronological through life um mm-hmm. flow to it but mm-hmm. to some extent there is a flow to life in terms mm-hmm. of the sort of um concerns of younger people i would say Seem to be stacked more up in the front of the book uh, okay. and middle age to the middle. And then to the, the end, I mean, like the last chapter is titled time's up.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, Jeff, your humor. <laughs> I just <adore> so, you.
1: <laughs> you know, so, the, so it does to some extent, you know, kind of mm-hmm. move through the stages of life, but it also, mm-hmm. I, I, it just moved through the stages of where my mind was going or what was, coming to me and the coincidence um yeah i I thought about that myself was okay so are each of these meanings these wisdoms that i'm I'm running into is the order just a coincidence and Mm. so in that chapter of, of coincidence you know what i i try to express is that we we don't know is there some uh you know underlying pattern plan to all of reality and that our lives and experience are a reflection of it um we don't like to think that way because of course we feel like we have free will in which i you know i think the words i'm saying right now are coming out of my free will not through some computer program (laughs) that a divine elon musk (laughs) developed um but uh so when you know when an event happens that that seems to be coincidental i would say what's really happening is just we are giving meaning to that that Mm -hmm. that sense of oh wow you know how how cool how wonderful that you know, the A met B in this order, that this came to me this day following what came to me yesterday. Well, we can we can call it a coincidence, a, you know, coincidence in time, but it's what we do with that. Do we just, oh, okay, you know, interesting and move on? Or do we try to plumb what that might mean? Well, what is the real connection here? So, So that's what I try to express about in the chapter of coincidence. And that's what I think is expresses how this book flowed.
0: That's a beautiful, beautiful reflection and explanation of it. I thank you for that. It kind of leads me into where I was going next in regards to this. It, it, It speaks to this sort of greater idea that you know so many of us experience challenges of course in our lives right we experience trauma we experience very very hard circumstances and things like that but there is this idea that it's what we make of it in the meaning right like feeling better is not necessarily dependent on 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 fixing the external circumstance solving it right feeling better is more dependent on learning how to manage I would say your own perspective of the situation, problem, circumstance, whatever. And I know that throughout this book, you've really sort of spoken to that in various ways. And I'm wondering which of the many wisdoms that you, that you offer through this beautiful book, would you say are the most helpful in that endeavor in terms of how we can find or make meaning out of perhaps even the worst experiences of our lives?
1: Yeah. Um, that's it's difficult to summarize that. Um, but there I felt like there were certain themes that kept coming up through different wisdoms. Um, mm-hmm. even though each one is in a way discreetly different from all of the others, there they they touch on uh the themes of love and love in the sense of the you know the way that the sort of the classic christian expression of love your neighbor as you as yourself or love your neighbor as you love yourself and so one of the themes that keeps you know running through is that in order to be a good neighbor in order to be a person in this world that is in some way giving benefit to this world. I also have to love myself, which means I have to take good care of myself. And so there's, you know, that theme of taking care of yourself in order so that you can be a benefit to the world is there. And then kind of underlying the the first part of that, the taking care of yourself as a theme of balance, um, mm-hmm. wisdoms in various ways and various topics kept coming back to this um, sense of n- the need for balance, and in, in so many different ways, like you know, balancing my schedule, balancing my my relationship so that I'm in balance with other people. Um, balancing my own sort of emotional temperament. And so um, finding a balance in life and all these different levels, and then which helps you love yourself, which allows you to be uh, a benefit to the world, I think is sort of um, an overall... Uh, expression of an of a number of those different wisdoms.
0: Mm. Did you really start that off by saying that it would be challenging? That was beautiful. That was so well done. I love that flow. It's so easy to grasp and feel into and see reflected. Uh, certainly in my own life, and I would hazard a guess most people listening would have that similar experience. Uh, you know, it leads me into to. One of the quit wisdoms that I wanted to ask you specifically about, especially since you've touched on love here and self love and the idea of balance. This is just the perfect opening. It was in one of the wisdoms you quote the Dalai Lama who says, if you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. And I'm just wondering how you would define compassion and and also in practical terms, what might you suggest to someone listening who wants to take action on that quote and begin to practice compassion, but may not know where to start or what that actually looks like or feels like?
1: Yeah, I've you know been a, <laughs> a fan <laughs> of the mm-hmm. dalai lama for a long long time and <laughs> when i was younger I, I was uh involved in the free tibet movement first because i've spent so much time in nepal and been on the border of tibet um that's he's been an influence in my life even though i've never met him personally but um I, I, I mean, here's a way to approach that. And I mean, this is kind of a, an, an anecdote or metaphor that a lot of people use. But so you're in an airplane and the uh, flight attendant is going through the instructions and says, you know, that if there's a problem and the, the oxygen mask come down and, and you're with a child or someone with disability, you need to put your mask on first um so that and then assist that other person and so compassion starts with yourself with taking care again you know we're back to taking good care of yourself you have to be compassionate with yourself and calm um it means with and passion means feeling so feeling with yourself being sensitive to your own feelings and then to practice compassion outside of yourself um, is applying that same sensibility to with feeling. What is this person I'm encountering? What are they feeling? You know, not just what are they doing, which of course mm-hmm. we have to pay attention to, and that's mm-hmm. the you know the first thing we notice is action. But we also need to have that sensitivity to. Um, to understand um and be sensitive to what the people in our lives are feeling and then find again find that balance so that we were sort of, you know emanating the the uh the sense the the vibes if you to use a pop culture phrase uh <laughs> that that are you know gentle waves that wash over other people as opposed to, <laughs> to waves that mm. knock them down uh <laughs> or to be a tsunami <laughs> and you know mess up other people's lives mm-hmm. and so uh and, and you know the the final wisdom within that wisdom is happy that this is mm-hmm. what makes us happy Aww. you know we there's yeah. i think in our in our world there is so much violence and you know, anger and and just these kind of negative, destructive emotions and actions and thoughts that we particularly (laughs) see on the news every day. Mm -hmm. But um, that, you know, that message of the Dalai Lama uh, is that to send out, uh, emanate from yourself that love, that balance, and, you know, that is the practice of compassion, Flowing into other people in a way that is settling, but is also joyful. Um, You know, it isn't just sort of sitting together. um, I mean, we might want to do that, and we certainly ought to do that probably every day uh, to help uh, develop that sense of settled and balanced, but also, you know, joy. The, the, like the dalai lama is a really funny guy mm-hmm. uh you, you know he loves to joke and laugh and i think yeah. that comes out of having a sense of being in balance and mm. and and also giving that to other people
0: mm-hmm. mm so so beautiful. I enjoyed that immensely. Oh my goodness, I really did for so many reasons. But one thing I know to be true about you is you—you you must be your natural born teaching. But you just make things very, very accessible, and you give such practical takeaways. I love that. That is something that can be put into action. And I always find that you gift things on on very many levels. So as I was listening to you, I was also seeing the the sort of metaphors that you were offering to work with. And it's true. We are constantly communicating on much more than one level. And those maybe more subtler communications, whether we call them vibrations or energetic signals or emotional fields, you name it, it's definitely going on. And just even holding the idea of moving gentlier or through people gentlier that's my word of the
1: day
0: more gently through people and i love this this imagery of the tsunami versus a gentle wave and you know it's it's just such an easier thing to grasp i think with all the levels of our our own inner being and and coming into sort of alignment within ourselves, you know, overall, talking about how to live a meaningful life. I mean, through this extraordinary experience you've had of just how this whole process happened and receiving these wisdoms. And I know from speaking with you before, how much of your life has been dedicated to understanding how to live a meaningful life and to values and, and all sorts of amazing things. But within this particular experience what would you like to share with others or offer to others? What are your biggest takeaways about how to live a meaningful life that maybe came through this particular work over this year?
1: Well, th- there's a uh, a truth that we all have to face, which is that our lives within this space time continuum <laughs> will end. Mm-hmm. uh <laughs> you know the old saying is there there there's only true two true things know uh, taxes right. and death. but <laughs> and taxes, <yeah>. uh, <laughs> but uh <laughs> uh I haven't heard that one for a long time. <laughs> it's, it's been a, a
0: while popped out.
1: um but, but so we i I think that most of us, Um, who and hopefully all of us at some point recognize uh, that we are finite and that we will come to an end as you know as this being that we are uh, here here and now Um, we want to have lived a life that is good is beautiful is true and by true i mean true to our values that our lives our life expressed the the values that we hold and that that, that we tried to um that we that we said uh and were our principles that you know we 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 did not live <laughs> mm-hmm. hypocritically and yeah. that we were also uh good that you know whatever whatever our sort of political social economic principles might be that we were also just we had goodness that other people shared in and appreciated and then also that our that we constructed our life in a way was beautiful that there you know that it had aesthetic an aesthetic to it that it wasn't just you know, herky-jerky running here and there and, uh, you know, piling up lots of <laughs> obligations and so forth. Um, and so I, I guess that's what uh, I, I would like all of us to understand, that so because it is finite, um, we need to engage with ourselves and with the world in a way that is ultimately good true and beautiful
0: Mm. oh beautiful absolutely beautiful we uh i appreciate that so much i mean that's just a prescription for living it really is and it's got a beautiful load of Beautiful flow to it. A very similar cadence to how those wisdoms came through you and how you were describing the patterns you discerned, especially around love and balance and compassion and and joy. In our family, uh, we have many sayings, but one of the ones that's been around the longest is always remember the secret to life, it ends. Like, that's it that's the big secret and that is really here to be your greatest teacher i believe in how to live it which you've just so beautifully expressed you know i just before we begin to wrap up today i would just love to hear your final thoughts on because i have a feeling your intentions i don't know i, I just uh, i just feel like i sense them and i would love to hear them out loud if i may what do you wish for someone who picks up this book who feels drawn to this book? What do you wish someone's experience to be through this offering of the seventy-two wisdoms?
1: Um, well, what's most important is that they buy it, so I earn a royalty, so I can finally <laughs> pay off my that darn student debt. <laughs> um, yeah, no, actually, that's true. No, uh, a <laughs> little, little, of rather poor. Humor thrown in there—it's but...
0: great humor, and it's woven <laughs> throughout. It's fantastic.
1: <laughs> but um, you know what? What I'd like people to come away from it, uh, is exactly what it says uh, in the introduction of the book—that this mm-hmm. offers um, stepping stones, a, a guidebook through a journey where the reader encounters. 72 different wisdoms and that within that those you know varied uh quotes uh and ideas and concepts that are offered uh themes are perceived which you know resonate with a person and will you know not only intellectually give them more information that they can integrate uh you know, rationally into understanding what's a good life, what's a meaningful life, what's a true and beautiful life. But also we'll leave them with a just a, a feeling of on the not the subconscious level, but kind of the pre conscious level of what it feels like to be in balance and what it feels like to be able then to engage with other people, um with compassion and mm. you know, going back to the metaphor mm-hmm. uh, as a, you know, a gentle, um, mm. helpful wave as opposed to a, a rough jagged force in life. So mm. that's what I hope. Um, I mean, and I, I have to say, I've, I felt like um, creating the book, I, it had that effect on me.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Astounding. And that to me always resonates as the deepest truth that anything that comes through us, that we share as an offering, we have the experience ourselves as it comes through us that we feel compelled to offer through the offering. I just love that reflection. Thank you for sharing that piece and for circling back around to the, to the most Um, maybe not the most, but certainly a key, key component. And one that in my experience is high, high, high on most people's hearts and minds. And that is, to have the lived experience of balance that you're referring to. And from there, all these other things that tend to garner our attention. How do I be more compassionate? How do I be more loving? How do I be that helpful contribution? Right. They stem from that place first. So I deeply appreciate you speaking so directly to that. Very powerful.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we can talk about this on a sort of, um, kind of a almost mystical ethereal spiritual level but i really think it has very practical practical benefits practical effects and i'll give a very quick example mm-hmm. so as i was writing this book and I, and, I, and I was experiencing what we've been talking about i played pickleball regularly this, of course this, this has become my sport and yes, um, you know being the the aged athlete i've gone from <laughs> climbing himalayan peaks to whacking a little ball around on a small court but anyway it's so satisfying I, though mm-hmm. yeah so i noticed that while playing pickleball I was, when I was playing with someone who wasn't such as good a player, I would kind of grimace when they would make a mistake. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and and I realized this um, as just in sort of that sense of that is not compassionate, feeling this you know that mm-hmm. sense of i'm want to emanate compassion and so i have disciplined myself to stop doing that and to every time my partner or even an opponent makes a good shot to compliment say oh wow you know great shot or wow what a you know what a good shot that was and so throughout a game i'm constantly saying things that i i think add to the pleasure of the game as opposed to making it more fraught with anxiety and stress and Mm -hmm. so that's just you know very and and i think you know all of us and all our our little uh Mm -hmm. activities and our relationships which aren't really little because this is our life we can live that out
0: Mm -hmm. I really, really appreciate that example. And I think that there's so much to be said for the mystical and the magical and the mental spaces, the emotional spaces. But again, there's that balance piece, it has to come alive in our very day to day practical, I always like to think of it overall as the sacred and the mundane and the mundane and the sacred. And it is Definitely that centering balance for me, anyway. Um, that has the most effect overall, I would say. I find sometimes if I over-tip into one, right, instead of the other, that that's where I'm, I'm standing up in a canoe <laughs> and I really would <laughs> like to be sitting down.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, Jeff, what what a beautiful and deeply inspiring conversation. I just so appreciate you being here with us today and and for sharing yourself and your wisdom and your delightful humor so very generously. Thank you so much. <laughs>
1: Well, mr Kate, I am so delighted to be with you again. And I, I hope we can make this a, a, a regular relationship.
0: Oh, I am in for that. Yes, please. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. All right, everyone. And thank you all for joining us on this journey today, too. As always, I hope today's episode serves your highest possible good and that it inspires you and it empowers you to to really consider what leaving, what leaving, (laughs) you can consider leaving too, but empowers you to consider what living a meaningful life truly means to you and and if you do feel drawn to picking up the 72 wisdoms as i certainly do may it just serve you on every possible level and may the ripple effects from that be very very gentle and helpful as jeff has has so graciously given us those visions of today And of course, of course, anytime we're talking about living a meaningful life, it's a great time to talk about what's new in the superpower universe, such as SIFA. SIFA stands for Creative Energy Field Activation. And if you've not yet experienced this extremely powerful healing and very accessible modality, then please head on over to superpowerexperts.com to learn more about it today. And until next time, keep unlocking your own superpowers of the soul and put them to great use, creating a life and a world you love. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.